Edison Wigan is a writer, a publisher, and a filmmaker. He's the host of the Wigan Sessions. It's a show covering the financial markets, economy, and politics. And he's the host and editor of Essential Investor. The third edition of Demise of the Dollar is available now. And third edition of the Financial Reckoning Day of Financial Reckoning Day will be coming out the middle of October. Welcome, Addison. Yeah, good. great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, excited to have you on the show. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, why you do what you do. Yeah, I have been, uh, most of my adult life, I've been fascinated by uh, financial markets. And I've been writing about, uh, I have a sort of a central question that I ask whenever I start getting interested in the topic. And it's it's kind of a, uh, a gloomy one, but I ask what could go wrong? Um, there's many things that go on in the financial markets that don't make a lot of sense. Um, you know, the obvious ones are where we have a blooming, uh, skyrocketing financial, uh, national debt. We're at over 33 trillion. When I first started, uh, getting concerned about the national debt, it was 2.9 trillion. Um, so I've been following the, the just crazy politics that go behind. Uh, that kind of spending and borrowing and spending and spending and borrowing um, for three or two and a half decades. And and uh, the pattern with which the government is run and the way they spend money is is unsustainable, but it has gone on way longer than I expected. Uh, another area that I focus on is just the value of your money. Uh, the book Demise of the Dollar is uh, sort of a historical look at what happens when uh, governments try to manage fiat currencies like what we have. And a fiat currency is basically uh, a currency that has has value by decree of the government. So uh, they go hand in hand. The government is spending way more money than they take in in tax receipts. And then the only way they can make up that deficit on an annual basis and the national debt is by printing more money. And every time they print money, the purchasing power of the dollar goes down. Um, since 1971, when the dollar was taken off the gold standard or the Bretton Woods exchange rate system, as it was known, uh, the dollar has lost 98% of its value. Um, and this, the past couple of years, we've gone through a, a couple of year uh, bout with historic inflation. Um, and just really quickly, Following the financial crisis of 2008, the government dropped interest rates to zero and uh, and printed tons of money by buying assets directly in the market. It's a program called quantitative easing. And so for 10 years, we had all this money flowing into the market. And finally, after the pandemic, it reared its head as, uh, as massive inflation. And that's really the only time that people... Um, begin to pay attention. So I've been pretty busy on podcasts and and uh, my own show uh, talking about the impact of inflation on people's ability to buy stuff that they need, um, you know, just basics, houses, cars, tuition, um, food, gas, everything has gone up. And for the first time in these past couple of years, people are wondering why. So a lot of the historical work that I've been doing uh, in my own writing and <clears throat> in the books I've published trace what could go wrong when the government uh, is as profligated as it is and uh, and people have to spend the money that they print. We're all in the kind of same boat. Money loses value and then everything costs more. And uh, it's not an easy situation for a lot of people. 
So looking back at 2.9 trillion, you're like, what's going on here? We're sounding the alarm. This is a huge problem. And yeah. now 33.33 trillion. Yes. So it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> you talk about how it's not sustainable, but it's sustained for this long. Have have we finally come to the end of the rope figuratively? Well, it, most recently, I've identified three things that I think are happening um, that could potentially make uh, 2024 a very interesting year in the financial markets, in the economy in general. And uh, obviously, we have a, a presidential election coming up. So one thing has happened. Um, you know, we're talking about sustainability. How long can this go on? Well, the fact is that it can go on for a very long time until something pricks the bubble. We're in what what we would historically call a major debt bubble. Uh, people have been able to finance their stuff for a very long time at low interest rates, but now in the attempt to uh, to battle inflation, we're going into an extended period of rising interest rates. And um, that's going to be very difficult for people who have loaded up on debt. And uh, at the national corporate and personal debt levels, um, we're reaching historic highs. Obviously, national debt is it, it, every day it goes to a new high because it, we've never been this high before. But corporate debt is at an all high. In 2023, just the first half of 2023, we had more corporate bankruptcies than the prior 10 years since the 2008 financial crises. Uh, and that trend continues. And then at a personal level, this is a kind of an astounding fact. Uh, during the pandemic, a, a lot of money was shipped directly to um, to consumers uh, from the government, the stimulation uh, in response to the pandemic lockdowns. And for the most part, people couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't spend it. So we had a, a, a high savings rate. We had near historic high savings rate. Um, but all that money has already been spent and uh, people are turning to their credit cards to keep up their spending in a, in a rising interest rate era. So um, what we have now is we have historic high consumer debt levels and a savings rate that's below zero now. So we in the two years since 2021, uh, personal debt has skyrocketed to historic levels. And savings rate has plunged to historic levels. So that happened in a very short amount of time post-pandemic. And the, we're starting to see the effect of that in two ways. One is uh, big retail companies depend on uh, middle-class shoppers to, to make their uh, budgets. And we're already seeing uh, same-store sales in places like Walmart and uh, Target and uh, big box stores, even even uh, like hardware stores like Home Depot, are showing that the consumer is getting tapped out. And so that's part of the sustainab sustainability factor is how long can consumers sustain this uh, borrowing to spend in a rising interest rate era? That's, that's one factor I'm keeping an eye on. And I expect we're going to see a lot more corporate um, bankruptcies in 2024 because Consumers won't be able to keep up their spending except on uh, on debt loads that are experiencing rising interest rates. Uh, the second thing that I think no one is prepared for, I've been talking about this uh, mostly because I'm fascinated by it, but um, uh, we, for nearly four decades, we have been outsourcing our jobs and manufacturing to 
countries overseas, but most notably China. China built out their infrastructure by taking on projects from uh, U.S. corporations and European corporations that were uh, seeking cheap labor, cheap resources, and cheap transportation. Well, we're entering what I call an era of the end of cheap because uh, to in order to finance all of the the outgrowth for infrastructure and for factory building and and these uh, ghost cities that we hear about in China, they have financed all that on their own uh, debt bubble. And for the first time, we're seeing um, their growth rate has dropped from an 8% annual rate for a long period of time, which is uh, extremely fast growth. We've seen China leapfrog other countries to become the second largest economy in the world. Uh, but that now their growth rate has slowed to, it's probably going to be around 2% in 2023. And across all strata of their society, we're, we're seeing um, debt, uh, debt rearing its head. They, they basically are in their own aggressive debt bubble in the same way the United States is, but their, uh, their financial infrastructure is less sophisticated. Their banking system is not regulated as, as well. And uh, they have a strange method of uh, buying up companies in rural areas. The government itself buys up companies in rural areas and makes them take on debt in order to build out roads and factories. And uh, those companies that are, are effectively forced to do that by the government are finding that they can't make enough revenue to pay back their own debt. And the government tries to help them, but the only way that they can get out of it is the same way the United States is trying to do it, is uh, is spending more money uh, that the government prints. And so we have uh, an issue where the Chinese government has been uh, forcing the growth of the economy, and that's coming to an end because they're not able to finance um, finance the debt loads that they've taken on. So it's kind of an interesting story. People ask me, well, why should I care what's going on in China? And the fact is we've been dependent on China for a very long time for the cheap stuff that we buy in the same big box stores that I just mentioned are already having uh, having uh, trouble meeting their, their own books. So we have at the same time that we have a slowdown in um, consumer consumption, we also have this end, the end of the era of cheap is coming along. And it's going to make it very difficult for big, uh, big companies that you find on the on Wall Street uh, to make ends meet, and that forces a condition I call a balance sheet recession. There's there's a lot of talk about will we go into recession because of the measures the Fed is taking to uh, to reduce or to um, get get control of inflation. But the real danger, in my opinion, is uh, balance sheet recessions on Wall Street, on these big companies that are showing losses, and they have to figure out how to manage those losses before they report earnings. If they do report earnings, uh, bad earnings like Target and uh, Dick's Sporting Goods, uh, Walmart, they've all reported uh, less same-store earnings than, than in previous years, and they immediately get, uh, get their stock gets sold off. So the impact of the balance sheet recessions that we're expecting to see uh, is that you have you have more strain on the stock market. The stock market has already been riding high on things like uh, artificial intelligence that carried the market for most of this year, um, and it's not being replaced by the general uh, general strength of of retail companies, which generally. Um, make up a big part of the strength of the stock market. So I expect we're also, in addition to uh, 
a, a slowdown in consumer spending, I expect the stock market is, is going to um, begin to fall too. And when that happens, then people really start getting nervous because they're so dependent on their 401ks, IRAs, and those kinds of things, their pensions. They're all wrapped up in these uh, big blue chip companies. So I expect 2024 is going to be an interesting year in the economy and an interesting year in um, in the stock market. And when you have these things converging, you have uh, we've seen more and more violence in things, uh, protests that get out of hand, uh, random uh, mask shootings that the, they have not only uh, captured the attention of the media, but they're happening with a, with a greater frequency. And that generally happens. The last time we had anything like this was in the 60s and 70s, when it was just general disruption in in the economy and people are stressed because of uh, the financial, their financial situation. They tend to do really stupid things. They take to the streets more often. Um, we see strikes all over the place. We're at the highest level of striking workers since the 1970s right now. Uh, you can see just on the surface, you can see the economic stress and tension starting to appear in a way that it, it makes it difficult for the mainstream media to uh, to keep up the narrative that the, the economy is strong. And that's the third thing that I think is going to be uh, a challenge in 2024 is we have the presidential election. Generally, presidents who preside over a failing economy or a slowing economy don't do, do well in the election. But this is going to be a different year because we have uh, Biden who's getting on in age. We have Trump who's getting on in age. We have these sort of... Uh, leaders of the two parties that that have a mindset of the old world. We're not taking into account um, the wave of uh, enthusiasm of young people to put younger people, uh, younger representatives in Congress or in the White House. Uh, and there's a, a huge divide politically, not just between left and right, but between the old and the young. And that's going to make the um, the the election for presidency next year it's going to make it much more unpredictable than we've seen in the past especially where we have uh, a rising level of economic uh uncertainty economic stress and you know young people are willing to take those streets just for um for any reason <laughs> we have mass demonstrations saying end oil end fossil fuels as if you can just flip a switch and turn off the economy and start with a new energy. Um, it's just not possible. But, you know, there's there's millions of young people that are taught that that's, that's what we need to do. It has to happen quickly. And they're willing to, um, to shut down the economy in their, in their area. Uh, just, just to prove that point. Um, I think it's going to make a very fractured and difficult, uh, series of primaries. And then when we go into the election itself, I think you're going to see a lot more protests, a lot more um, random violence in in, uh, in society. Those are not nice things to think about, but with all these trends in place, consumer spending, the end of cheap and uh, a political uh, divide that we're going through, um, if you do ask the question, what could go wrong? There's a lot that could go wrong. And that's really what I try to focus on on a daily basis is try to figure out What's going to happen next? It's very difficult when there's so much uncertainty as there is, as there is right now. Advice to individuals, families who are listening. 
Yeah, I would say, I mean, I have specific advice because we also uh, publish uh, financial advice for people that are trying to manage their own money. So one of the things that I'm telling people now is don't really look at the headlines, just recognize that these trends are in place. And I would stay away from any of the blue chip uh, retail stores because I think they're going to have a tough year next year. And they're because the stock market has been higher than uh, than I think it's valued at or that it's true intrinsic value is uh, any any indication that uh, big pension funds or big uh, mutual funds have that there's going to be weakness in the retail sector. I think it's going to it's going to go down faster than than it's really warranted because there people are, are stressed in the, in the financial markets too and they're wondering what when the next shoe is going to drop so to speak and so generally when that happens when when a sell-off begins it it's more uh it, it's more aggressive than it needs to be it, it surpasses the the point where they're um, valued at a, at a good place again so we are, I do believe we're going to have a pretty serious uh, balance sheet recession. But then when the sell-off begins in Wall Street, especially the retail sector and anything that has exposure to uh, to Russia, I mean, uh, China, excuse me, um, is going to have a really difficult year. And the tendency is going to be to oversell. So we could see a pretty dramatic pullback in the market next year. So that's one thing I recommend to our readers is make sure that you're, if you're using a uh, financial advisor or if you're even just trying to um, manage your own money, make sure that you uh, that you tell your advisor or keep in mind that uh, stocks do go down and uh, we're about to enter a pretty tough period for big blue chip stocks, which will get headlines and cause this kind of like uh, echo chamber of people thinking that things are getting worse and they'll sell off faster. So that's one thing. Another thing is to look at areas of the market where uh, they're immune to um, to market crashes and also uh, a slower economy. Um, and that's the two sectors I like are energy and commodities uh, and uh, precious metals too. I think gold always performs well when we have uh, uncertainty in the stock market and the economy. Uh, in the last couple of years, it's, it's sustained a level around 2000 for uh, about a three-year period now. So even if the stock market goes down, putting your money in gold is a good idea. And then looking at the basic stuff that we need to, to run our economy, energy is going to be important. And I think uh, even though there's a social movement against fossil fuels, I think things like natural gas and, and oil are going to continue to rise in uh, in necessity, therefore value, uh, therefore prices too. So, in an era where the economy slows down, the dollar gets weaker. Then, um, generally, commodities, things that we need to make stuff, and energy do do really well. So, we I actually just re- released a special report on that idea that we're going to have balance sheet recession and um, and a growth in uh, investing in energy and in um, raw materials. And I think that that is going to be the the story uh, for 2024. The biggest unknown is going to be the political situation. Um, I think as soon as January 15th, which is the first uh, primary, it's the Iowa caucuses, I think we're going to start seeing a lot of uncertainty in the political arena. There's already questioning about whether 
Um, Biden should run again because of his age. So I, I, over the weekend, I was watching the financial news and something like 78% of all Americans, not just Democrats, think that Biden is too old to run again. Except when the when the talking heads, when the politicians get on TV, they say, well, we're all behind Biden. We think he's the right pick. So uh, there's some uncertainty there. And then um, the when the indictments against Trump play out, he's he and most of the, the people that, that are supporting him believe that they're politically motivated. Um, but there, it's still a process of law. The, probably the most dangerous one there is in Georgia. Um, they can't get it moved to the federal the federal system. So state law in Georgia is uh, is at play for, I think, something like 18 of uh, Trump and his um, the people that he was working with to that he's they're being or they've been indicted and are accused of trying to overturn the election in Georgia, violating state law. And a lot of those uh, indictments come if they're they're convicted, come with uh, jail terms. So I think that that also is going. It's a, there's no way to predict what's going to happen, uh, especially when those trials begin and they're happening right during the primary season. Season so. Uh, it, the recipe is in place to to have a very difficult political year, and that's just going to raise havoc with the markets and the economy. Also, <laughs> you got you got three big trends that are happening at the same time that that uh, I expect twenty twenty four to be one of the most historical years uh, of this era, this post pandemic era. Addison, what could go wrong? Yeah, what could go wrong? It's kind of a fun question if you uh, if you approach it right. It is a, um, a useful thought a lot exercise. Of people, like sure. I, I, yeah, I ask that question, and a lot of people are like, uh, "Why? You know, what's wrong with you? Why? Why are you this way?" I had one woman just get in my face at a uh, at one of our launch parties actually for for a book um, about ten years ago, and she's like, "What's wrong with you? Why are you this way?" And she was really mad at me because I was trying to understand literally what what could go wrong uh, wrong in the economy but my my idea is if you ask that question first then then you can see sort of like the base level of protection you need for your own money if you have earned enough money to worry about it then then you should be asking the question what could go wrong and then preparing accordingly at a base level and then if you have you know if you want to take a flyer on cryptos or or something like that, then as long as you have answered the question, what could go wrong for the rest of your money, then, then speculation in uh, AI stocks, for example, they've been flying off the shelves this year. Um, just this new wave of interest in uh, artificial intelligence has been driving chip, trip, chip makers through the roof. And uh, a lot of people mistake that for uh, a healthy stock market, but it's really just a small bubble in one sector of the economy that's holding the entire market up. So I think it's important to ask the question, what could go wrong? Try to answer those questions and then uh, manage your money accordingly. Well said. Well, Addison, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage? Where can they get their copy of Demise of the Dollar as well as? So not, fin- yeah. Oh, sorry about that. Financial Reckoning Day, too. Financial Reckoning Day is not out yet. I just finished uh, the edits on that. It's in publisher land. Um, they're getting ready to print it and it'll be released uh, in the third week of October. 
but uh, demise of the dollar, which is really an understanding of how purchasing power is falling apart and has been for a number of decades, uh, and what you should do about managing your own uh, your own money as as that trend continues. Every crisis that the the um, government faces, they solve it by printing more money. They don't really have any other way to solve um, economic crises other than than printing more money. And every time they do that, you lose uh, you lose more purchasing power. So if you want to understand how that works and how it has worked specifically uh, with respect to the U.S. dollar, uh, that's what, why I wrote the book, because it's a historical look of how we got in this, this situation and then uh, forecast of what, what can happen in the future. That's called Demise of the Dollar. You can get that anywhere books are sold. And on my own website, you can go to wigginsessions.com. And uh, I also write a uh, what I call the daily missive, which is just kind of a look at the markets. And, and I'm also trying to ask, answer the question, what went wrong in that writing as well? It's a daily email. It's usually about a page, page and a half long, not, not too difficult reading. Um, you can get that by going to jointhesessions.com. So www.jointhesessions.com. And then you can pick up my interviews with my own guests on my show, plus the uh, the writing that I do to support those interviews. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Addison your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to Wigan Sessions, W-I-G-G-I-N, sessions.com. And also join the sessions.com and sign up for that daily missive that Addison puts out. And then get your copy of The Demise of the Dollar as well. So you can better prepare yourself for what could go wrong. Thanks again, Addison. All right. Thank you. Until next time, remember, do your part by doing your best.